0: I guess I could say it started when I was three. I was a gymnast for 12 years. I competed from age seven to age 14. Uh, I stopped doing gymnastics in high school and got into cheerleading for two years and then in co- and then kind of just did cardio for a couple, I, I joined Equinox actually after that. Um, my last two years of high school just did cardio and didn't really know anything about lifting weights cause gymnastics is just a bodyweight sport. And then, um, in college I got into the, the bodybuilding weight room scene. So for all through college, I did more of like a, you know, a split of training. So arm day, back day, leg day, chest day, shoulder day, and I did a figure competition in 2012. and. When I was 21. Then, after uh, graduated college, I became a trainer at Equinox, and that just opened up Pandora's box when it came to fitness and functional fitness and strength training. And I really learned I, that it was kind of like around 2014, that's when my focus shifted from aesthetics to performance. And I kind of went away from like, focusing so much on what my body looks like and more about what what my body can do. And that's when I really fell in love with strength training and just being a really strong person. And kettlebells were my first love. I got um, my strong first certification in 2016 and I've been training with kettlebells really since then. Um, consistently. And then in 2018, I got introduced to Olympic weightlifting and I've been training that off and on, but mostly on for the last two years, did two competitions as an Olympic lifter. And that's something that I, both kettlebells and Olympic weightlifting, I think are two things I will continue to train.
1: Hi, my name is Pete McCall and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness podcast. That voice you heard in the beginning is the guest for this episode, Miss Rebecca Rouse. Before I get into the introduction for Rebecca, I want to say a big thank you. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. Thank you for taking the time to listen or watch the All About Fitness podcast. I am recording this for both audio and YouTube. If you want to see the interview, you can go to the All About Fitness podcast channel on YouTube. Now, it doesn't matter how you listen to the All About Fitness podcast, whether you listen to it audio or whether you catch it via YouTube. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe. That way, I bump up the listeners, and the more listeners I get, the more content I'm going to be putting out, and you don't want to miss anything that I'm going to be putting out this year. i got some great plans for 2021. If you may have noticed, if you've been following along this month in January, my focus has been on strength training. I want to start out the year strong, literally. I interviewed Dr. Brad Schoenfeld, who has a PhD in researching muscle hypertrophy, so I want to go out and get some practical information. I want to get some practical advice, and that's why I reached out to Rebecca. I've known Rebecca for a few years. We worked together at Equinox, another one of my Equinox connections, and she is a phenomenal trainer. She was a fitness manager, a personal trainer. She has a background in competitive gymnastics, and she has become a competitive weightlifter. That's Olympic weightlifting. So if you heard my recent Quick Fit tip talking about the different types of strength, One of the reasons why I wanted to speak with Rebecca is because she is the perfect example of explosive strength. We talk a little bit about Olympic weightlifting, what it takes to train for Olympic weightlifting, what it takes to be explosive. Rebecca does a lot of kettlebell training. When we met to record this interview, we had done a little 15-20 minute kettlebell workout. and Let me tell you, I'm a little bit older than Rebecca. It took a little bit to keep up. If you want to learn more about explosive strength training, if you want to learn more about strength training and exercise in general, you have a couple different options. A, you can keep listening to the All About Fitness podcast because I'm going to tell it to you. Now, if you want to read and learn more about it, you can pick up a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. I put years and years of experience into Smarter Workouts to teach the reader how to design their own exercise programs. Now, if you don't want to buy Smarter Workouts, check out my ebook functional core training. And functional core training, I go through six stages of program design from core training all the way up to explosive training. So you learn exactly what you need to do to design the workout programs to get the results that you want. And the functional training ebook is only $7. Links for both are down below. If you just want to get great information, if you want to stay up to date on blogs, on other content I put out, it doesn't cost you anything. And tell you what, if you go to PeteMcCallFitness.com, If you go to PeteMcCallFitness.com, sign up for my email list, I'm going to send you a chapter from Smarter Workouts. Not only that, I'm going to send you a workout from Smarter Workouts so you can try it before you buy it. And I also put out one or two emails a month. If you sign up for my email list, I put out one or two emails a month to keep you up to date on the latest, greatest information on how to use exercise to not only enhance your quality of life, but most importantly, to slow down the aging process. This is a fun interview. Rebecca is one of the up-and-coming leaders of our industry. She has a great story. She, she walks the walk. She, we talk about weightlifting, explosive training. You're going to get a lot of great information out of this interview with the founder of Semper Stronger, Ms. Rebecca Rouse. I'm Pete McCall, all about fitness, here today with Rebecca Rouse from Semper Stronger. How you doing today?
0: I'm doing fantastic. We just had a little kettlebell workout, feeling good. Sunshine.
1: I I know, I kind of feel like, I, I feel bad, Rebecca, because here we are, it's January and we're in Southern California. And I know all over the country, you guys might not be in the same environment, but at the same time, you could live anywhere, so why not live here? San but Diego. actually, where are you living now? Because I know you're kind of a nomad right now. I am now. a
0: little bit of a nomad this year. Um, I was living in San Diego up until August, then I moved to New Jersey. Um, but I'm working for myself now, so I have the freedom to work from anywhere. And my family's still all here in Southern California, so I came back for the holidays. I've been here since Thanksgiving week, and I'll be here through the end of January and head back to New Jersey and then move again this summer.
1: Well, you look a little young to be a snowbird. What, what's up with that? <laughs> I mean, why, why are you doing the little trip? What's going on with that?
0: Um, well. That to come back to California? Yeah. Or, um, well, having the freedom to work from anywhere has been really nice. I started my own business earlier this year, and my husband is an active duty Marine who is also in a unique situation right now and has been able to work remotely. So we have just taken advantage of the time to travel and be together and be with my family. So here we
1: are. Well, that's, well that's just, as, as an older married guy to you guys with with kids now, take this time, and for those of you out there, do the same. If you're younger and you don't have kids yet, do as much of this as you can, because I'm sure people have said that, right? To get out and do this and be be able to free and be be travel or travel and be free.
0: Yeah, it's been quite nice, and um, I know it's travel is not not a lot of people traveling right now, so um, we we got to have a nice empty flight and just enjoy some uh, some freedom and some family time so it's been some nice quality time
1: now you said Semper stronger well I think I said Semper stronger but you said you're working for yourself so what is that what are you doing now
0: so Semper Stronger is the brand that I created. Um, I was, as you know, working for Equinox for six and a half years, and when I when the gyms shut down and there were no signs of reopening, I decided to take my um, my passion for strength and fitness and uh, start my own business. So Semper Stronger was kind of was born. Just the name comes from a lot of different aspects of who I am and, and the parts of my life that made me who I am. And so Semper comes from Semper Fidelis, which is the uh, motto for the Marine Corps, means always faithful. So I took uh, the Semper for that, and then Stronger just being something. I'm really passionate about being a strong female um, the experiences that i've been through in my life have made me physically strong mentally strong and that's something that is very valuable to me and it's a message that i want to uh, share with other people and so i just that's how i what i named my brand and since that since it was born earlier or last year now um, i have launched i have one-on-one coaching so i do online coaching eventually would like to get back to doing in-person coaching as well um, i have some single sale DIY programs that people can do on their own if they're looking for more of um, like independent fitness that they can follow along on their own. And then I just last week launched the uh, Semper Stronger Squad membership. So it is a monthly subscription that people can join and be part of the community. Ultimately this is where I would like to the majority uh, of my business to be is, is this uh, membership subscription where people can come and feel like they're part of a community and get stronger together, learn from one another. Um, there's a workout of the day that everybody can do and um, just work out at their at their home from Anywhere right now, it's just body weight. Eventually, would like to grow and do kettlebells, barbells, etc. So that's my vision.
1: That's pretty cool. Now, did you think? Because I think this is the one thing I've seen that in the last year because of COVID, and, and I wrote a blog for the American Council on Exercise talking about this. But I think we're seeing Rebecca shift in the industry, and this is what I'm interested in your feedback on since you're doing it. Is that going forward? the actual fitness facility is not gonna be that important. That because we have platforms like Zoom, because you can promote your stuff on social media, that as a trainer and a coach now, you don't need a physical space to actually work. But you can build your just exactly what you've done. That was one of the other reasons why I wanted to connect with you, is because you're doing the model that I see the industry shifting towards. What are your thoughts on that? Like, did you ever think that you would be doing this and, and you know, having worked for a company like Equinox that is very good? I mean, Equinox is probably one of the better places for personal trainers. Did you ever think that you'd be doing this shift into what you're doing now?
0: Never. I mean, I never imagined, well, a lot of things that I think no, none of us imagined we would be doing this year. So for myself personally, I mean, Equinox is an amazing place to start my career. I have no regrets for working there as long as I did. And all the lessons that I learned, the people I met and the knowledge that I gained but I thought I would be working in a gym for most of my career. Um, I, I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and start my own business, but it was kind of like my five to 10 year long-term plan and, and COVID just caused me to really expedite that, that process. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity to do it and and what I've done so far and, and what I will do. But um, yeah, I definitely never imagined that fitness would become an online business. I mean, we, and, and to, you know to be fair, there is a lot of value to be gained from Training in person and, and being able to, you know, give people tactile cues and and be next to that person versus doing it through a screen. There's a little bit of a less personal element to it, but that doesn't take away from someone's ability to get results. I mean, people are becoming more autonomous. They're, bec- you know, learning to be self-motivated. Many people are, and so I think there's a lot of good that's come from it. And people are really um, learning that you can. You don't need a gym membership to get in shape. You don't need a gym membership to get strong. You can do it right there in your, your backyard, your living room, do it with a friend, do it by yourself, with your kids. Like, there's just so many ways that people have innovated this year, and I think that it's going to do a lot of good things for society and for the fitness industry.
1: That's kind of cool. Now, your background and strength, what, do you, what is your strength background? I mean, I know we've talked a little bit offline, and and Rebecca and I did work together with Equinox for, for a while, uh, but it's been, I mean, we don't, we never I mean, we was kind of in passing. Hey, how you doing? Right. <laughs> so I don't know that much about you, just in, in little snippets of conversation. But what is your strength background?
0: It's changed quite a bit over the years. I mean, I guess I could say it started when I was three. I was a gymnast for 12 years. I competed from age seven to age 14. Uh, I stopped doing gymnastics in high school and got into cheerleading for two years and then in co- and then kind of just did cardio for a couple I, I joined Equinox actually after that um, my last two years of high school just did cardio and didn't really know anything about lifting weights because gymnastics is just a body weight sport and then um, in college I got into the, the bodybuilding weight room scene so for all through college I did more of like a you know a split of training so arm day back day leg day chest day shoulder day and I did a figure competition in 2012, and when I was 21, then after uh, graduated college, I became a trainer at Equinox, and that just opened up Pandora's box when it came to fitness and functional fitness and strength training, and I really learned, I, That it was kind of like around 2014, that's when my focus shifted from aesthetics to performance, and I kind of went away from like, focusing so much on what my body looks like and more about what what my body can do. And that's when I really fell in love with strength training and just being a really strong person. And kettlebells were my first love. I got um, my strong first certification in 2016 and I've been training with kettlebells really since then um, consistently. And then in 2018, I got introduced to Olympic weightlifting and I've been training that off and on, but mostly on for the last two years, did two competitions as an Olympic lifter. And that's something that I, both kettlebells and Olympic weightlifting, I think are two things i will continue to train so for
1: 2018 while. is when you were introduced to, to lifting really because yeah I remember I mean, I, I mean if memory serves i just remember seeing you do snatches and cleans in equinox before then i didn't realize you didn't realize that you really hadn't really gotten that deeply into the sport before then
0: i've dabbled but nev- never consistently i mean okay. I, I knew what a clean and a jerk was i knew what a snatch was but i had never trained it consistently or had any coaching it wasn't until 2018 that i i hired a coach and i actually learned the technique and and just trained pretty much strictly that from 2018 to 2020. And then when COVID shut the gyms down, I had to pivot a little Kinda,
1: bit. But <laughs> I, yeah, we back all to kettlebells. Now, who are you? Co- was your coach?
0: Um, when I was in New York, it was, so I, you know, I moved from San Diego to New York, or to New Jersey and was working in New York. And I was working with a coach there. Um, he was a fellow Equinox trainer. Uh, Mamu was his name and he introduced me to Olympic lifting and took me f- through my first competition. And then when I moved back to San Diego in 2019, I worked with Jason here at Equinox La Costa and he kind of picked up where I left off with Mamu from New York and did my second competition here in San Diego.
1: Cool, okay, and what kind of numbers did you put up? And uh, just so people are, are, if you're not familiar with, with Olympic lifting, that's the snatch and the clean and jerk, right? Yes. The barbell snatch. And do you do both lifts? If you enter a competition, I, I, that's why I don't know about that. Do you enter a competition and, and compete in both lifts? Yes. Or do people only enter in one lift? Generally,
0: you would do both um, because your the the score, your how you place is based on your total. Okay. So, um, yeah, so you get three attempts at each one. So three, you start with the snatch, three attempts, and then three attempts at the clean and jerk. So um, my most recent meet, so that was February, almost exactly a year ago now. I did a 90 kilo um, clean and jerk, so that was about 198 pounds, and then my snatch was oh my gosh, I don't even remember, 70, I think 76 kilos. It was like 160 pounds.
1: And how'd you feel about that? I mean, what, what, what do you, what'd you like about the sport? When you started doing that and started training formally, what kind of got you excited having a background in competitive gymnastics? What got you excited about competitive weightlifting?
0: It was honestly the, the idea of competing in in anything. Again, I I thought after I stopped gymnastics when I was 14, that I was going to be done competing. I never imagined I would compete in any kind of athletics again so being able to get on the platform and have that rush of, of competition as an adult is very different than as a kid and i just love that and I, I think the reason i got into it was after i moved to the east coast i wanted to have something to a goal to aspire to and, and something to train for instead of you know, training is great you know going to the gym and, and getting your workouts in is great but when you have a goal there's a lot more purpose and meaning behind every workout every session and so I'm very goal oriented and so I think that was one of the things that drove me to hire a coach and, and have something to train for. And then I just fell in love with the sport. I think it combines uh, the elements of my past. So in gymnastics, you know, you. Gymnasts are very flexible, very mobile, but also have to have a lot of strength and stability. And I think Olympic lifting combines all of those elements beautifully And in, in addition to like the power and explosiveness of those those movements specifically.
1: And I'll see if I can have a link down. Do you have any of your videos up on YouTube? Because I was going to link to one or two videos so people could see an example. Because some listeners might not be that familiar sure. with Sure.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, that's a great idea. Okay. I, will, I will put them up before I mean, but, you release this podcast. But help
1: uh, But help to, to help them promote Absolutely. it. But the funny thing is, Rebecca, it, we were talking a little bit about this when we we're working out. But... The fitness industry has changed so much in the last 20 years. Like when I was a young trainer in my in my mid to late 20s, in the early, late 90s and early 2000s, there was almost no gyms in the DC area that had Olympic platforms. I think where where'd you train in College Park? If I can ask you that real quick, just on campus at the campus because there there was a place in College Park, Maryland, near the University of Maryland that it, I forget. It's like the Maryland Athletic Club. It was like the big powerlifting, bodybuilding gym of the area back when I was in high school mm-hmm. and in college. So a little while ago, <laughs> a few years before your time. Sure. But now I think it's pretty amazing because in the last 20 years, I mean, literally 20 years ago, you could have not walked into a gym and you would not have seen an Olympic platform. You would not have seen any kettlebells. So it's really the fitness industry has changed so much in the last number of years. I made the comment to you that you're really in the fitness industry at the right time. When And, and where I'm going with this question is when you first made that transition from figure figure to like powers to to explosive training like with kettlebells. and you talk about making the shift from aesthetic to performance. Number one, what drove that? What kind of what got you thinking differently? And how did that change your approach to fitness in general?
0: Great question. Um I think Equinox had a lot to do with it. I I had my CPT my, my certified personal trainer uh cert from that I got in college didn't do anything with it and that's really what you need to get in the door at Equinox, but the education, and the knowledge that comes after you get hired at Equinox is is second to none. And so learning about the body and just all the systems in the body and and functional movement and the FMS and all the the things that they teach at Equinox through the uh, Equinox Fitness Training Institute opened my eyes to a whole new world that I was not familiar with. I didn't study uh, kinesiology in college. I just learned. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay.
1: Because Maryland has a good kinesiology program. They do. So I would have thought that you would have come from, what did you study? In-
0: I studied public health and Spanish. <laughs> so I'm not okay. doing anything with either of those degrees. A little bit of Spanish. I'm fluent, but that's another story. Um, but yeah, so I think that it. It just all the education, the knowledge that I gained, op- opened that that world to me, and I just fell in love with how f- how much fun it is to get stronger, to set goals that are related to strength and the numbers and the you know the performance rather than like did I get lean enough? What's my percent body fat? Um, and it was just so much more fulfilling to me and watching watching the changes happen in my performance, learning to perfect the technique, watching myself get stronger, and then watching my body change as like a byproduct of getting stronger and not have that be my primary focus. And it all just kind of fell into place.
1: Because I see that, I mean, and, and this is for listeners really, and for viewers as well, is when people are doing isolation programs, when they come from an aesthetic mindset, everything you mentioned earlier, you know, back and buys on one day, you know, like legs on one day, chest and shoulders maybe however people want to organize and there are a million different ways and I'm sure they all Mm -hmm. work but you're training the system as a component of its individual parts Yes. whereas training the system with movement patterns how did you notice the change in your body? Like as as a young athlete, as somebody in her young in her early twenties, and you made that transition from isolation to now you're training for a swing, you're training for a squat, a hinge. How did you feel within your body making that change?
0: It was it's incredible. Like you said, you know the the back and bys and or the leg day, whatever. Like that eventually that got boring to me, and I just didn't really look forward to my workouts anymore. So changing directions and going more towards the functional and the strength based workouts and. I realized, like, there's there's one, there's just so much more. You can do so many different tools instead of just only, like, dumbbells and machines all the time, like the kettlebell and um, just some of the odd, odd things you don't see in every gym, but you can get so much out of using different types of equipment and, and just trying new things. It was just it was a lot of fun. And working the, the whole body or, you know, realizing that every exercise can be a core exercise. People don't think of a kettlebell swing as a core exercise, but it makes your core real strong when you <laughs> have to swing a 70-pound kettlebell for reps, and so just feeling strong um, in every way, being able to be strong, flexible, mobile, stable, all the things that make a good athlete, I think those are things that come with training the way that I train versus um, the more split type of training where you're training arms, legs, back, Um, and and really the body doesn't work that way. Like I think one of my favorite lines that I learned at Equinox was we teach our clients to, and we ourselves train movements, not muscles, because The body doesn't, you don't just isolate your biceps hardly ever, right, in real life. That's just not how our bodies move. We move as a a unit. And so for my my own training and how I train my clients, most of them, depending on their goals, of course, but is to get the body to work as a whole integrated unit. And a lot of times that's what people need more of because we sit all day, we're driving, we're at a computer all day long and we're all stuck in this one position. So to be able to open up our clients and and help them move their bodies through different ranges of range of motion, planes of motion, Um, And just get people more functional and moving better.
1: And see that that's where I mean that's been a big goal of the podcast is to get people thinking differently about that. And that's where I base a lot of my work on. And so it's always interesting to hear people when they make that transition. It's kind of like the Matrix, right? You have the red pill and the blue pill. Mm -hmm. You know, one pill is going to be all isolation training. One pill is going to open your mind and really expand the horizons. And and no matter what it is, I mean, as long as people are moving, right? As long as people are staying healthy. So another question I want to ask Rebecca is about strength training and being being a female being. A woman who does a lot of strength training. I, I asked you this a little bit when we were working out, um, but, but do you ever get any feedback? Because you are muscular. I mean, you are you you are leaner, more muscular than the average woman. But number one, how does it feel? I mean, what kind of confidence does strength training give you? And number two, do you ever get any criticism or feedback on on your appearance?
0: Sure. So, the the confidence that I've gained from being a strong female is unbelievable. Um, one, just being able to carry myself the way that I do, and. I I like being, I like looking different than the average woman. I like to be more muscular. I I like the way that I look and which I wish more women liked the way they look. And I think that body positivity and like making people uh, appreciate strength and and muscle. And I think that there needs to be more of that. I think we're getting there, but, um, I think that, um, having, having more confidence as a result of the way that I train, it comes from the way that I look, but also being able to walk into a gym with confidence, knowing how to navigate the gym, knowing what the different pieces of equipment do and what they're for and being able to answer questions. Cause people come to me and ask me questions about, you know, can I look at their form or can I help them with an exercise? And that's really empowering as a woman because people, you know, society has painted this picture of women as being the weaker uh, gender. And I think that it just, it doesn't have to be that way.
1: Uh, real quick comment on that. I've seen two babies being born there's nothing weak about women because <laughs> yeah. i know if a yeah. guy had to do that <laughs> i just know if i see what my ex went through with the, with our kids if i if any guy had to go through that we wouldn't require three months off of work we'd require probably three years off of sure. work so I, <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: I, I have not given birth to a child so i cannot speak from experience but i can imagine that the amount of strength required to give birth is unbelievable
1: but so. but to come back to, to the strength training because when you shifted when you shifted and all of a sudden you found yourself starting your own business and what I'd like to do is make that correlation. Knowing that you could pick up a couple hundred pounds in the gym, does that give you the confidence to try something new, like creating a website and starting your own online training business? Sure. Do those, does that level of confidence correlate?
0: Yes and no. I mean, they're two completely different things. Um, I feel like I can walk into any gym and hold my own and, and confidently do whatever I needed to do and get in a workout and leave. Um, but when it came to starting a business, I had a lot of fear about that. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it, it correlated in the same way because being able to build a website and market myself and and do all the things that, you know, coming from a place like Equinox, they did all that for you, So for me. So I had to learn all that and that was a brand new skill set. So I could lift weights all day long and it'd be fine, but to to go out of my comfort zone and and do what I did took a different type of strength. And looking back, I'm I'm so glad I did it and it made me stronger mentally as much as physically. so, but yeah, a little bit different in, in those ways.
1: Yeah, because I, I guess, and I can totally get that, but I would think that, you know, just having that ability of like, hey, I know I can do this. I can know I can rise to the challenge, but is fear a good thing? Do you think fear is a good thing for motivation? And how did how did that fear motivate you?
0: Absolutely, I think that we, as humans, probably shy away from fear. I mean, it's in our in our genetics, right? Fight or flight, when you see something scary, you, you run or you're gonna fight it. So I think most people f- flee and are not gonna, f- be willing to face that fear and i think that over the last couple of years i've gone from the flight and more into more of the fight mode and, and being accepting that i'm not going to win every time i'm not it's not always going to be a success but a lot of times those failures help me grow more than the successes and so being okay with um, tackling those fears and facing it head on has been a huge breakthrough for me and so i'm, I'm grateful that i've you know changed my mindset around fear and and learn how to break through some of those mental barriers.
1: Well, as someone who's very competitive, and you strike me as somebody who probably doesn't handle not succeeding that well. You you probably you Absolutely strike me. True. Yeah, how was it, I mean, how have, have how have your failures, and not to harp on them, but how have they been uh, have you been able to use them as a learning tool, I guess is where I'm going with that question. Cause I know a lot of people out there, and, and especially this one thing maybe you learn as you get more experience, but you look at failure as like, okay, Failure is part of life, right? You learn that failure is a learning opportunity. But how was it when you've experienced that failure and how do you use that as a learning tool, whether that's with lifting or in business or anything else?
0: Sure. I think, like I just said, I think that we learn more from our failures than we do from our successes because our failures teach us what didn't work. You know, we talk about, or we hear about Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb. Like he said, I learned how a thousand ways not to do it and one way to do it. So we have to try so many times before we figure out what works and that's what I'm learning right now with, you know, doing my business and seeing what what type of programs people like, what posts on social media people engage with versus not, and so like those are small, but um, in the grand scheme of you know growing a business, there's one failure can teach me so much and give me so much data that I need to move forward and push past that and, and try something different until it works and I think that's part of the challenge and, and the, uh, the the game if you will of starting and growing a business and, and I've learned to embrace it and accept that it's part of the journey because anybody who's anyone that's achieved great success like massive levels of success you hear their story and there's a lot of failure in that journey and so I always remind myself like I shouldn't be, if I'm succeeding every time, like I'm not setting big enough goals or I'm not pushing myself hard enough, so.
1: And that's exactly why I asked the question, right? Because I think a lot of people see stuff that they want to do, like I want to try to do this or try to do that, whether it's a listener who's thinking, I want to maybe quit my desk job and try a job in the fitness industry, or maybe a trainer like you or I, who worked for a gym for years, and and I want to go out on my own, but they have that fear. And, And I think a lot of people, whether it's in fitness or in life, let fear kind of keep them from the fear of failure keep them from doing other things but once you've you've failed once or twice doesn't that you kind of get you over that fear of failure I guess yep. is where I'm going with that I mean you learn how not to be fearful of it
0: yep I mean if I if I let fear control my mind I'd still be waiting for Equinox to reopen right I'd be probably I don't know where I'd be but I would not be where I am now um, but having faced my fear of you know, starting my own business of you know, I have still have and I'm working through it the fear of like speaking to a camera to talk on you know do instagram live or create videos of i'm very comfortable being filmed exercising like you can film me doing kettlebell swings and, and barbell lifts all day i love that no problem but when it comes to like speaking on camera or speaking to an audience that's a fear of mine and i decided to on uh, christmas day i did a, a live zoom workout with i put it out there on social media and i had I don't know, 15, 20 people come on. on Some people I knew, some people I didn't. But it just—I turned my fear switch off and said, "I got to do this because it's going to make me better." And I did it, and now I'm like, "That was not that bad. I can do it again." (laughs) And
1: And how nervous were you? I mean, when that camera goes live, right? I mean, that's a very different feeling.
0: Extremely. And so, you know, just one of the many ways that I'm trying to accept that there is fear and just push past it and and do it anyway.
1: But then, what's that rush when you when you finished it and you look back and you're like. Wait, okay, all my body parts are here, the heart's still ticking, I'm still breathing. I mean, is that, I mean, so now it kind of gives you that confidence to do it again, right? Exactly,
0: I mean, one, I learned that I got more nervous and stressed out about it than I needed to. Um, it went better than I expected and I'm not nervous to go and do it again. So
1: That's cool. Yeah. Now, and I'll about, I want to come back to social media because if, you, if you've met Rebecca through social media, it's been really cool to see this, Rebecca, and I mean this as somebody, again, knowing each other tangentially, is we have followed each other maybe a couple of years, but to see your posts and to see you gain more recognition through Instagram, through what you're doing, it means that you're speaking to an audience out there. How is it? How's that been? I mean, I remember when you posted for your getting your ten thousand follower. I remember your your post for that. What's been your reaction to how people are interacting with you uh, via social media channels?
0: Um, I think I'm very fortunate in that I have a lot of I, my follow my following is incredible. They're very supportive people. Um, I know I, I follow however many people I follow, and I read through some people's comments. And there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there, if you will, that that post hateful comments and criticism and they're just mean people out there, and it's inevitable they're, they're out there everywhere. But I'm very fortunate that the majority of the people who engage with my post comments are very positive, and it's encouraged me and empowered me further to keep doing what I'm doing when it comes to reaching people on social media and um, showing people that strong can be, you know, strong looks like a lot of different things, and, and strength is so empowering. And whether it's male or female, um, people that engage with my posts are generally very supportive, very um, uplifting, and very complimentary when it comes to you know appreciating how I execute lifts the form my form on lifts it's something I take pride in and um, just my overall strength and, and how I portray myself on social media I try to be very professional um, educational and just inspirational too
1: and I think that's so important to hear and I want to say focus on strength for a second because you train I want to you kind of said this earlier but you train very hard and you take pride in your appearance right I do. Okay, and so I just wanna make that point that for women that might think of strength training, because women can benefit, there are many benefits that women can take away from from, from adding more weight training or more strength tra- training to their workouts, and what are some of those benefits, just the general benefits of strength training for women?
0: Well, for, for anybody, I think that strength training like I said, we talked about earlier, the confidence, um, whether you, you walk out of the gym after you lift weights and you just have this feeling of you know, the endorphins and that goes for men and women. I think we all anyone who's lifted weights before has felt that and that feeling sometimes carries us through the rest of the day and even the next day. And so I think f- like from a, an emotional standpoint and self-esteem, I think it's fantastic for that. Obviously, the the physical physiological benefits of gaining muscle is great for um, the shape of our bodies. You know, putting on more of that fuller muscle size, if that's what you're looking for. For me, that's that's what I how I want to look. Um, and then the added benefit of the faster metabolism. You know, I I eat a lot. I eat as much as my husband does, if not more sometimes. <laughs> and it, I can still work. And I, the, I see food as enjoyment one, but also fuel, and it fuels me to be able to perform, and then re- helps me recover from my workout. So.
1: Well, and the I is going with that because I think there's still, and I think this is much more of, of people still in my generation. I mean, we, there's an 18-year difference between, between you and I. Wow, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, I graduated high school when you were born. <laughs> um, but there's an 18-year difference between us, but I still think there are a lot of um, women. The reason why I bring this up is I think there are a lot of women my age. They still are a little bit fearful of strength training because if they think of picking up weights is all of a sudden they're gonna blow up the muscles overnight <laughs> and the reason why I made that made that comment is you work very hard for your physique and one of the things that I really appreciate about your generation and not just I'm not just saying Millennials but kind of like your generation of fitness professionals is that you guys are really changing how we view strength training and weight training for everybody because like I said earlier we didn't have an Olympic platform in the gym before you know 2012 or 2015 and now it's like a standard piece of piece of equipment. Right. So now that you see this, and and we have COVID going on, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. But I just want to let you know that's why I asked that question is because I wanted I want people to be anybody to be comfortable with picking up a weight, and yeah. especially as we get older, we need that we need strength training Absolutely. as part of our, our daily routine. Yeah.
0: and you don't have to lift hundreds of pounds like that's what I like to do. But and it's taken me I mean I've been lifting since 2009, 2010, so over a decade, and I. I think I still look feminine. Some people might argue otherwise, but I, you know, I, I've been lifting heavy for for most of those ten years. So, women can don't need to be afraid of picking up weights and they can still strength train, then it doesn't have to be extraordinarily heavy, but the benefits that will come from lifting even moderate weight are numerous. So.
1: And thanks, I mean, that, that's exactly what I, because I, I do still think that we still have to beat down this image, right, of, of yep. like, oh, I don't want to pick up a weight because I'm going to blow up in muscles
0: overnight. Right. It takes, I mean... It, a lot of focus. Right, it takes years and years and years to put on muscle, and even just hormonally, like, women are not made naturally, unless you're taking hormones, like, you're not going to look like men. Women are not going to look like men. From yeah. lifting
1: weights. It's no, thank happen. thank you. I mean I, I, we weren't even going to exogenous because I mean the technical term is exogenous androgens, what many people call steroids. And we're outside at a park and I didn't realize how noise it was going to be. Between trucks here yeah. for the park service, airplanes landing, we got, a, we got a lot of stuff going on. Now to get ready to wrap up, one of the things I want to ask is with your experience in, in both as a as a lifter and as a professional, where do you think we're going with fitness? You know, in this post COVID 2021 era, kind of what are some of your thoughts? You've been on the East Coast, like you said, in New Jersey, I think you're relatively close to New York. I know you've worked in Manhattan for Equinox and you've you've been around the country a little bit. Kind of what are are some of your thoughts about how fitness is gonna evolve in the coming year or so?
0: I think change is inevitable. We've all realized that over the last 10 months, but I I, I think that once COVID ends whenever that may be, I don't know. Um, but I think there will be a group of people that go, want to go back to gyms. I think there are people who thrive off of that community and that that feeling of walking into the gym and like, it's this is my time, this is my place, it's like a sanctuary for some people. Um, some people just don't like to work out from home, but I think the majority, maybe, uh, a good chunk of people will continue to work out from home, whether that's because it's convenient, uh, they save money on a gym membership, and I think at this point many people have acquired some Um, variation of, you know, home gym equipment, whether that's kettlebells or a squat rack or something. So I think most people have learned to make do with what they have. Um, And I think that that trend of working out from home or or group workouts outdoors in a park, weather permitting, I think that that will continue to grow. I think there will be a big market for online fitness professionals such as myself and many of my colleagues who are starting online businesses. And I think, you know, I'm very fortunate to have have the business that i have and i'm looking forward to continuing to grow that alongside many of the other people who are on their same journey doing some online fitness coaching
1: yeah because that's kind of my sense of because i I do think people are getting used to the fact i I do say there's something nice to be you don't need to rush out sit in traffic you don't need to look for parking you can be at home and do a class or do a workout but i also really do believe that people especially people like us who have been in in gyms in and out for i mean i've been going to gyms for more than 30 years now It's part of who I am. It's part of my DNA, and it's yep. kind of like it not seeing the people on a regular basis. It's hard, you know. And so you look forward to, even if you don't know them that well. You still see it's just it's a familiarity. Yes. You know, the gyms for people like us, the gyms are our kind of. I love the way you said it, our our sanctuary. Yep. Now to wrap up, how would you get involved with uh, Jocko Fuel? Because you you're sponsored by Jocko Fuel, and, and talk about talk about what that is and and the products that uh, that company makes.
0: Sure. So. I am fortunate to be a sponsored athlete with Jocko Fuel. Jocko Fuel is uh, Jocko Willink, many people know, especially here in San Diego, they know him because he is a San Diegan. Um, but he was a 20-year Navy SEAL, and after he retired, he started a leadership consulting company, and then he's now got Jocko Fuel, which is under the umbrella of Origin USA, which is based in Maine. They are a big manufacturing, or actually they're a small manufacturing company, under 100 employees, and what they are doing over there in Maine, everything that they do is American-made. They have a factory with um, American workers up there in Maine, and I've gone up there twice to visit and see what they do. It's incredible. They make the supplements, one Jocko Fuel, but then they also make uh, jujitsu gi's. They make boots, they make jeans and other apparel, and it's all made. I've seen it all being made in their factories, so it's pretty incredible what that small team of people up there do. And um, but so the, the products that I use from Jocko Fuel are pretty much everything in the uh, the supplement line, almost everything. So I use their proteins called Mulk. Um, I use their their energy drinks, which are extremely t- delicious, very clean ingredients, um, nothing crazy. It's just 95 milligrams of caffeine, so. I use those, um, their joint supplement called Joint Warfare, their immunity booster called Cold War, vitamin D, um, and then their super krill oil. So pretty much take the stack. I was never really a supplement person until I got involved with them. I just think the quality that they put into their products is fantastic. And I've seen it all being made right there in their factory, so.
1: That must be kind of a cool experience. I mean, not having never worked in a factory, I always think it's personally cool when you get to go see something. Being made, like when, whenever I get the chance to go with, with Nautilus and go watch something being made, my favorite part is watching walking is watching the testing. They literally have the whole test facility. Maybe sometime um, we ever make the arrangements. It'd be fun to take you to Lake Forest and show you how they test the equipment. Yeah. But it's it's kind of fun. It's always fun to be able to go behind the scenes and and do that. So how do you how do you support them? I mean, what do you, how does what does being a sponsored athlete mean with a, a group like Jocko Fuel?
0: Um, so obviously posting on social media. They send me product every month, and I get to. I get the benefit of being able to use it and fuel and recover from my workouts with it and then I, I tell everybody about it truly because I truly believe in what they what they put out I think the quality is second to none like I said and they taste delicious I haven't found one I don't like yet so um, I think just spreading the word they are a small but growing quickly company so um, and, and like I said all American Products, all American workers, and I think that bringing, you know, keeping jobs in America and American manufacturing is something I value here, being in this wonderful country that we live in.
1: And, and it, but see, I, I love the way, and I, when I when you posted that about going to the factory, I thought that was really cool. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted you to, to, to be a guest on here. Now, the final thing you mentioned recovery a couple of times, and we talked about this. And again, we're, we're age differences a little bit here. As you've reached, you're not quite 30 yet, so Almost. I'm not gonna age <laughs> you, yeah, I'm not gonna age you, but you're getting there. As you get ready to leave your 20s, do you notice your body changing, and do you know how has that affected your workouts?
0: It definitely is changing. Um, I think because I've always, taken my mobility and flexibility seriously, and that comes from being a young gymnast as a child. Um, I've kept up with that, and I think that's made a huge difference. I've, knock on wood, wherever there is wood, I have not <laughs> had any serious injuries from weightlifting. Aches and pains every now and then, but nothing serious or chronic. So um, I think that that comes from, like I said, my childhood of of taking care of my joints and my muscles. And then, but it, it does take longer to recover now at almost 30 than it did when I first started lifting at 20, 21. So, um, I think that, but then I, I sleep a lot. I, am.
1: I was just about to ask what are your, other nutrition you already talked about yes. eating with Joel, your husband. But other than nutrition, like what are some of your recovery strategies? So sleep is a recovery sleep strategy for sure.
0: I I need my at least seven and a half, ideally eight hours, and so I, I'm pretty good most nights. Um, I'm getting to bed early and, and waking up early, so but I get my eight hours in. So.
1: I see the Apple Watch. Do you use the sleep tracker on that? Is that I actually
0: it? don't. I keep my watch off okay. me when I sleep, but um, I, my sleep quality has improved dramatically. I actually got blue light blocking oh, glasses for, since now I'm working on a computer so much. That has helped tremendously with my sleep quality, so that is that is real. Uh, the blue light for sure affects my sleep. So those are two things. Um, Epsom salt baths, if I'm really sore, I try to be smart about my workouts. If my body is just blasted from lifting heavy, I don't go heavy the next day generally. I will take a lighter day and I've, I've gotten really in tune with my body and what it needs. So whether that's recovery, nutrition-wise, etc. So
1: cool. Where, where can people find uh, where can people find you online? Find out more about your programs and just kind of get because I mean I really if you if you're not following Rebecca if you're if you're being just introduced to Rebecca Rouse she do you do great posts I really enjoy Thank seeing you. your posts and and have, because we know each other there are some days Rebecca I see you post yourself lifting something I'm like not that I'm competitive but I'm like damn it if she can do it if she's out there doing it I got to get out and do it too you know it that's that's I mean that is like a fun sort of totally. and that's one of the things I like about social media and I don't know if you feel the same way you might have that day where you're like going oh man I just you kind of you're in this mood but then you look on you scroll through social media and you're like going oh they're doing it okay let's yeah. go it's on you, yeah. you kind of got to get up and get up and do that
0: absolutely and that's that's kind of how that that's what Jocko does for me Jocko is just like the no excuses he wakes up at 4.30 every single morning. posts a picture of his watch like, he's awake, why am I not awake? He's awake hours before everybody else gets up and got his workout done. And so I think that, you know, whether it doesn't have to be an intense workout every day, but get up and do something, move around, like go outside, whatever. But um, I appreciate you saying that because that that's what I do what I do. I like to inspire people. And if I got one person to love lifting who didn't lift before, or love kettlebells, and I get a lot of messages like that, and those messages mean the world to me when people tell me that because of me, they love kettlebells now or they they watch their daughter, they show their, their my post to their daughter and now their daughter is inspired to become strong as she grows up, like those are the things, that's why I do what I do and that stuff really means the world to me. Well, so.
1: you've obviously seen our kids, right? Yes. Bringing them to Equinox and having them running around to Equinox, but that's that's one of the reasons why Rebecca, I, I really take try to go out of my way to interview women like yourself that, that are setting the example because I want younger kids like my daughters to be able to look at a strong woman doing cool stuff and be able to hold you guys up you know not only their mother their mother's doing amazing things but i love being able to to feature women like yourself they're doing really cool things because i want these girls i want that next generation of girls to look up and say i she's doing that i can do that too do you ever think about that when you're putting your stuff together i mean it's probably not in your it's not on
0: the surface maybe because i don't have my own children but when i get messages like that like i don't i don't know how many like the demographic of my followers and i think um that's why, yeah, getting messages like that when people are like, oh, I've, because of what you did, I do this or my kids do this or they look up to you. My two-year-old daughter is watching me do my kettlebell workouts and then she points at you and thinks you're Superwoman. Like, Those are the messages that oh, just cool. are so cool and so touching to me and make me feel like reassured that I'm doing what exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's exactly why I started Semper Stronger because I want to inspire children from you know young age all the way up to my you know my mom is 65 and she's doing Turkish get-ups and kettlebell swings now because I taught her how and she's oh, loving awesome. it. so it just it really doesn't matter strength knows no gender knows no age and I think it's for everybody
1: and there's my intro clip right there <laughs> you did that. so how can people track you down and find you and get more information about what you're doing
0: So uh, my personal page on Instagram is at Rebecca.Rouse. And then my business page is at Semper Stronger. Um, I have Facebook not as active on Facebook, admittedly, but Instagram is where you can find me and interact with me.
1: Cool. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it.